Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. How you doing? We are so excited to talk to you about a really crucial but very, very um, sweet and to the point topic today. Very practical. Everybody, I think, will love this mm-hmm. because at one time or another, we have disobedient children, don't we, sometimes? I think everybody does. And while every parent just wants someone to tell them what to do, they're like, give me an equation for parenting. Yeah. <laughs> My kids are doing X, Y, and Z. The reality is, is that it's not all about their behavior, is it? No, it's really about the heart. If you focus on behavior, you're not focused on the root cause. So it's like Mm -hmm. pulling weeds. If you just tear the top of the weeds. And you leave the root. Then the weeds just grow back. But if you tend to the real issue, the root of the problem, Mm -hmm. the heart. Now you're getting somewhere. That's right. So today's podcast topic is called Heart Change, Not Behavior Modification. I think that this is one that all parents, regardless of age of their kids, is going to need to remember over and over and over again. So we could probably put this podcast on repeat. I know this is something that I've preached to myself over the years, and I still need to hear it. I do too. I mean, every day. I'll do it wrong. I will, you know, let things get to me. When they shouldn't, because I'm the parent, I'm the leader in the situation. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't let things get to me, but they do sometimes. And then I don't look at the situation, the conflict situation with kids in the right way. Mm -hmm. So, so important. So we'll dive into that in a second. But first of all, thanks so much for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. It really is just getting going. Mm -hmm. And we're so excited about what's coming down the pike and all the things that God is pressing on our hearts to do to expand the impact of the ministry and also make it uh, able to continue uh, from a thriving perspective in these really... Weird times. Weird. I mean, they're uncertain. They're uncertain. I mean, what what is the tagline? Raising confident, courageous kids and for an uncertain world. Yeah. And every day we have to live like what? Like today's our last, but prepare as if there's a hundred generations more coming. Yeah. And so um, you guys, we are just so appreciative of all the things that the ratings on iTunes. The comments, the reviews, the emails, the text messages that we get from you, it spurs us on. Um, we we literally couldn't do it without you. Um, one of the things that I think I, I had on my heart just for these next few months and wherever the world is leading is it's so important that you are in mm-hmm. contact with us. We need your email. We need, um, if you prefer text messaging, we actually have text messaging systems that we can do to communicate with you privately. Guys can text Isaac privately. Girls can text me. And so um, we'll put those in yeah. the links in bio somehow. 
since you just mentioned it. Right. Yeah. There's like a specific phone number and I know that if they use hashtag courageous mom to the specific. So, so to find that blog post, go to courageousparenting.com, go to the menu and hit on that and then podcast latest episode. We'll give you direction on that. All resources, all notes are there as you guys know. So by the way, if you've been along the ride for a while on the movement, sometimes movements can get a little bit stale because we've been along the journey. We're getting refreshed right now. We hope that you're refreshed right now Mm -hmm. and you can come along the journey with vigor and enthusiasm with us to have a major indelible impact uh, for the gospel, Mm -hmm. uh, most importantly in the homes in America and equally in value all around the world. Mm -hmm. So we're Mm -hmm. so excited about that and what's happening. So why don't we kick it off with the scripture, honey? Okay, so we're going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I think this is a, a crucial um, Bible verse to remember as a parent. Um, when our kids are born, um, what does the Bible say? What do Proverbs say? What does Psalms say about children, right? That they um, there's folly bound up in the heart of the child. Mm-hmm. It, it, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yes, that means even little kids, right? They sin at times. We see selfishness, yeah. right? I mean- are we going to take our blinders off and be really honest about what we see in our kids' lives at times? We love them and we cherish them, but we also need to operate in reality and remove the rose-tinted glasses. And this says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I think sometimes it's hard for us as parents to give our kids a clean slate, to give anybody a clean slate, to recognize that they've changed, to let people grow. And when our kids become Christians and when our kids are learning about Jesus, we need, we, we are image bearers of God, right? God, the father and their relationship to them. And he is a forgiving God who gives us clean slates over and over again. And we need to be able to do that with our kids. And so this verse is just so important, especially as your kids are getting older Mm -hmm. to not let those old sins that maybe they struggled with loom over them and their reputation that they've maybe grown or the labels that are in your head about them. It alters completely the rhythm of communication with people in your family. We take each other for granted sometimes and we remember all those past ways of somebody and you don't allow them to grow up allow your kids to grow up remember kids rise to the level of responsibility you give them but they also rise to the level of respect you give them and one thing that i've seen work really well is to show more respect sometimes than someone in our family actually deserves so what does that mean It means maybe they haven't displayed a reason to respect them in in an area, but when you do as their leader, they rise, they they aspire to be at that level of respect you have. Okay. So it's always genuine in the way I do it. I'm never like falsely, you know, respecting something that isn't there. There's elements of it. It's be a good finder is a better way to say it. Be a good finder and don't let the trappings of their past sins uh, catch up every time there's conflict. Right. I would say that you are much better at that than me. I'm just even thinking about, um, you know, some parents listening might go, wait a minute, you're showing respect to your kids. Like, doesn't the Bible say that children are to honor their parents and love and respect them? And yes, that's very true, but we need to model it to our kids and how we treat one another in marriage. Um, but also in how we treat our children, 
right? Because they need to feel respect and go, oh, that really feels good. And I love my parents. So I want them to feel that same feeling that they just gave me. And then it's a give, give relationship versus a take, take relationship. And I know that this is, this might sound backwards because this is not, this is stuff that we've just learned by trial and error Mm -hmm. and, and evaluating how, like even our childhood and evaluating our relationships with other adults over the years and gone, you know what? Respect is a really important thing and we need to give it without expecting it in return when it's not deserved. Those are the parts that I'm still working on and need to work on. I struggle with it a lot more than you do, I think. Well, I think but- I had a lot of practice in, because I used to lead thousands of college students in the work world mm-hmm. and that didn't I deserve ju- respect. <laughs> I just learned that if I assume the best, assume virtue and respect them, they aspire to rise to that. And it's like a positive vacuum and they, they their identity changes in a very positive direction and they, yeah. and they rise up to it. And I just saw that with so many people uh, that are young adults yeah. that, you know, kids, young adults, adults. We're all human. So I have to say something though, because this is a really big deal. There are a lot of Christians who are raised up in the church and they have this authoritarian perspective on parenting. And yes, you are an authority in your children's life. We are not for like, Hey, be your friend, your kid's best friends and don't be your parent, be their parent. That, that did not work. That was like the parenting style of our parents' generation actually. Mm. Um, and that's not what we're saying here. There is you are an authority in your kids' mm-hmm. lives for and sure. And God that. placed you in their life and they should respect that for sure. However, like you can't force someone to respect you. And so the best way for them to be able to respect you is for you to live in a way that is respectable, but also to respect them. And then it's given in return. And I can testify that I've witnessed this in how Isaac parents the kids. And I would say that overall they have way more respect for him than me who has struggled like well i just mean that this has been something that i have personally struggled with over the years and giving respect when they don't deserve it necessarily in the way that i'm talking to them and that's something that i've been constantly working on and i have to be reminded of that's why this is a good topic i think that moms who are with their kids all the time and seeing it in their like the the issues the struggles all the time it's hard to be respectful in the way that you talk to your kids, but you need to be because I see you do that and I see them and the way that they respect you and honor you and they, the kids respect and honor me too. But I'm just saying you guys, this works. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I've seen it powerful in our kids' lives. So, well, let's dive into this and even more. I mean, kids love and respect you because they're your parents, but what you just said right there, don't you want them to respect you just because, wow, they really, really respect like you. Like it's a genuine thing that they don't have to work hard at because the Bible says to do that, right? Like because they love you and they see then your godliness are- and righteousness in your life and they want to f- listen to you because they they trust you and they love you. And your words have that much more weight to them. Mm-hmm. They care that much more about every word you say. Yeah. That's why it's so important. I just posted this. You got to be careful what words you use. We're, if we're trying to mm-hmm. capture our kids' hearts, mm-hmm. do you have your kids' hearts? That might be a good thing to think about. And who, do, you, and do you have your kids' hearts? And then ask the next question, who has your kids' hearts? If you're over-delegating, someone else might have your kids' hearts Or maybe more the than media. You. 
media is like this is a thing, right? But there are people represented on the media who, and, and if you're not influencing your kids, maybe media has your kids' hearts and is influencing them. I've seen this massively among young adults. Does God have young adults' hearts or does the media? That's a really important question, right? Like you got all these Christians out there professing Christianity or professing to believe in God, but yet who do they allow to influence them? Is it the word of God? Is it God that influences them? Or is it the culture and society and media? And so really important questions. Now, you can't change a person's heart. Well, that's really encouraging, Isaac. Right. <laughs> but it's a biblical truth. Remember, yeah. the, the title of this podcast is Heart Change, Not Behavior Modification. And so the, the reality is, is every parent's going, okay, so are they going to tell me how to change my kid's heart? You can't. The Holy Spirit changes a person's heart. God is the potter. We are the clay. Um, but we have influence and can point our kids towards God and we have massive impact in that. So in parenting, what is your number one goal? Is to nurture a relationship with God, God to your kids because he is the one that changes their hearts and then therefore makes them much easier to work with and parent. And if you if the heart is fixed, the behavior changes. That's right. I mean, it's literally what we just read in 1 Corinthians. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. This is what we want for our kids. We want the old things to pass away. We want their the behavioral sin issues of early childhood selfishness to pass away, if you will, right? That they would become selfless and mm -hmm. generous and kind, right? That happens when they become new in Christ. So the reality is, is we can't change our kids' hearts. So it's the first thing we do. This is something you can do as a parent. Pray. Like yeah. when you become, uh, realize I can't change my child's heart and only God can. Well, I'm going to intercede on their Amen. behalf and I'm going to ask God for all things with big faith that he can move mountains, that he can do miracles, that he can make things new, that he can resurrect the dead. With that kind of power, we pray for our kids. And you can pray with your kids. Now, when you put them to bed, for example, do you just have a canned prayer you always say? Or is there heart, something heartfelt going on Right. where you're talking to God and your children are talking to God with you? Mm -hmm. Is there something real and deep and meaningful there? It doesn't Meaningful and deep doesn't mean long. I know. We're trying to get on with other things, but let's spend some time praying with our kids too. Right. And, ask them. You yeah. know, I think that one of the most powerful things is when you ask your kids. I remember the other night I came home from um, bridal shower and Isaac was like, hey, Ange, do you want to put the kids to bed tonight? Do you want to read them a book and stuff or do you want me to do it? What's, what are we going to do? And I went in. And well, the kids sat and read books with me. We did our bedtime routine. And then when I went in to put them to bed and I, I have this little song that I sing to them that my mom used to sing to me, that's a psalm to a song. I think she made it up and, um, they always want to sing. And then I said, okay, so tonight let's pray. But what do you want? What's on your heart? What do you want me to pray for? And Solomon, of course, always, he's very thoughtful mm. and he leads Eli by sharing his thoughtfulness. And I was really just encouraged that he was like, I want to pray for Austin and Caroline. Mm. And I was like, 
Wow, you're just so. I mean, how thoughtful is that? That he he recognizes Two they're weeks getting married, the and he knows Austin's been working hard. He got a new job, so he's been gone more. Um, we haven't seen Caroline a long time because she's living in Montana, and he, you know, it was just on his mind and on his heart. And I was like, how sweet. And then Eli goes, I want to pray for Papa. And that's kind of, he always wants to pray for my dad every night, which is super sweet. Mm -hmm. And so we sat and we prayed for the things they prayed for. And then I had some things on my heart for the boys, Mm. like attitude things and Mm -hmm. that they would sleep peacefully and they wouldn't get sick and just praying for health over them. And it was a really sweet time. It wasn't super, super long, but I'm sharing that with you because see how you involve the kids in what God, is the Holy Spirit, like do you do you allow the Holy Spirit to be moving in your kids' lives and acknowledge it by asking them what they want to pray for? And that's pointing them to a relationship with Jesus. It's activating them in their relationship right. with God. It is so, so powerful. So praying is is super key. Teaching, too. The, the Bible mm-hmm. is such a powerful tool mm-hmm. for teaching. I mean, it is incredible. And we just did devotions this morning. I can't say that our two littles were the most paying attention this morning, (laughs) but... But they were quiet. It's amazing. Even when people, it looks like they're not paying attention. You don't know how much they're getting. I think it's having an impact. It's Mm -hmm. having an impact. I just trust, I just trust inside that it's having impact whether people look like they're into it or not. And it's also a cue to... Be good at it too. Yeah, and how many times has Solomon or Eli said things so clearly? They are so good at communicating. Um, they have been since early on, right? And sometimes uh, youngest kids in big families, especially, have a hard time communicating. But our kids have been talking since they were very, very little, and the words that they use are like big people words. Yeah, and it surprises people. But the things that they say are so deep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't know if you guys listen to Solomon's very short but very clear and encouraging podcast <laughs> on Friday. I think I listened to it five or ten times, which was about obedience. It was a five-year-old's perspective on obedience. He's so stinking cute, but he, you guys, his heart. I just love his heart, and he wanted to point people to God and to loving your parents. And I, I just, I think that that his thoughts and the things that he thinks on and meditates on himself are from being in these Bible meetings over and over and over again. You, they're like little sponges and they soak up truth. So two different approaches here. It's Christian family, busy, not reading the Bible very often, not praying very often. Um, Maybe not worshiping uh, often. The kids' yeah. uh, conflict or disruption is a disruption to parents' agenda. Parents lose patience and they, they're not focusing on the heart. They're focused on the behavior, short-term fix. They try and fix it in whatever way they feel is most important to fix it, which you have to make a decision on depending on what it is and the kid it is. And you figure out what, what you're going to do there. And then you move on as fast as you can to your own agenda and blah, 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 blah. And then what are you building over time? You're building a behavior modification approach because I don't want to wrong mom or I don't want to wrong dad. And then and sometimes then the, kids are like walking on eggshells and, in those homes. And then the other, the other approach is to... Focus on the heart to be discipling, training your kids to activating a relationship with God in their lives. By relationship with you. By relationship with you as well. And it's just a a whole different perspective. It shifts your focus. It allows you to be more patient. Mm -hmm. It gives you the stamina to take longer in the process 
of correcting your kids by focusing them on how they've wronged God. Because the Bible says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And so if we're not helping them to reconcile with God when they've disobeyed us, we're not focusing on the heart of the issue. Yeah. And I think that, you know, disobedience, all of these topics are such huge topics. We go in depth on them, um, explaining using uh, tons of scripture in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program, which by the way, we have another one starting this week soon. So if you have not signed up and done that yet, you you really need to. You can find out more about that at CourageousParenting.com. Um, but I will say there is an important conversation here regarding you know, kids, do they obey you because they love you or do they obey you because they fear you? And they shouldn't be fearful of parents. And I think that that's the whole point is like, if you're focused on their heart and you're, you're aware that how you are talking to your kids is going to also impact your relationship with them. And that there are times when you need to reconcile and you're human and your grace giving to them, you are teaching them by what you model, which is the next aspect, right? Like, are you modeling a changed moldable heart before God to your kids? So not only do we need to pray for our kids and then teach them what the word says and what God, the power that God can have in their life, we need to teach them the Bible. We need to teach them literally what the Bible says about having a heart of clay. You can use Play-Doh as a perfect little um, role play example. You can have that out and go, this is how God wants our hearts to be. Is your heart like Play-Doh to Jesus? Because if it is, then that means that when we read the Bible and it says, obey your parents, or it says, be kind to everyone, or it says, um, go to your brother first, you know, thinking about just even talking to our teenagers and going, hey, listen, are you tattletaling? You need to go to your brother or your sister first and you need to deal with this situation. This is what the Bible says. Is your heart Play-Doh in the palm of God in the Bible? Like if the if the Bible is God's hand and your heart is in it, is he able to mold you? Are you being obedient to what the Bible is saying That's what's important. Now, if parents are asking, obviously, when we're talking about disobedience here, this is for new people who might be listening. Obviously, as parents, we cannot be asking our kids to be doing something that's going to be in disobedience to scripture. When we are talking about children obeying your parents, we're assuming that there are like-minded parents that are listening that are not going to be leading these little ones astray because the Bible does say in Matthew 6, it would be better for them to have milsome hung around their neck. And children should disobey their parents if they're asking them to do something against the Bible or they're sinning against their their kids or anything like that. So Absolutely. Assume, we're, we're assuming virtue when we're doing these podcasts, that people who are listening, people who are seeing our um, posts on social media are like-minded Christians. And obviously these parents would not be going against God's word and what they're asking of their kids. Hey, real quick, uh, and we have a final point for you that's super important. Would you join us in the Parenting Mentor Program? I invite you. Go to CourageousParenting.com, learn all about it. We have a full session on the heart which has all the scriptures, tons of scriptures, Mm -hmm. the parenting packet, and the full session, which is just one in part of a 10-plus hours of curriculum. It's self-paced. It is an incredible program. Over, I think, 2,000 parents now, if you count the husband and the wife, Mm -hmm. have been through the program and are literally raving about it. And I don't take the credit for that, and Angie doesn't. God literally told us to do this. We're using this word. We're using his word. That's it. (laughs) And sharing what he taught us 
through his people and his word over the years and what we've experienced seeing fruit from raising our now nine kids mm-hmm. from ages four, uh, months, four months old to, to 21. 21. Yeah. And uh, we're about to launch our second kid out of the home. And so it is, I just implore you in these uncertain times, yeah. you've got to take the parenting mentor program. Yes. Does it benefit the ministry? Does it enable us to do these free podcasts and all these things? Yeah. We couldn't do this mm-hmm. unless people are going through the program. But secondarily, most importantly, it is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's the equipping. principles in there help us still. Mm-hmm. Because just because you know something doesn't mean you're doing it. But because we're involved mm-hmm. in the Parenting Mentor Program, we're doing lives on a regular basis, it keeps us sharp too. We're in there with you. I mean, we're in the trenches too. Like you guys, yes, in a few weeks, our second child is going to be launching from our home. Um, but we still have seven living with us. And so like, that's why we're able to keep being doing these podcasts is that, you know, our first primary jurisdiction is our family, um, as a team, you and I, I mean, obviously it's like the Lord, our marriage, and then our family, but we're in the trenches every day. So we talk about things that are relevant to what we're walking through as parents of babies toddlers, small children, middle-aged children, teenagers, preteens, adults, we have it all. And so um, I I just really want to encourage you guys. The next verse we're going to share is from Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing Mm -hmm. even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the The heart. heart. So this, we were just talking about is your, you know, talking to your littles, is your heart Plato? in the word of God, in the hand of God. And this is why, because it's the Bible knows better than the parents know. Yeah. God knows better than we know. And so we have to be in the word as parents as well to be able to discern how we should be parenting. But we also need to take our kids to the word because it is what is living. It is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It'll convict the spirit of that is inside your child far better than anything you could ever say. Well, and as your kids get a little older too and older, um, it's important to know what's in the hearts and minds of your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a quote, great leaders know what's in the hearts and minds of their people. Well, in this case, your people are your kids. And the Holy Spirit, when it's more activated in you, meaning you're pressing in your relationship with God in prayer, reading the Bible, dwelling upon the scriptures, you're more inclined to hear the Spirit about your kids, to, to be convicted about things, and to be proactive in conversations with your kids mm-hmm. that you might not otherwise do because you're not the, you're not allowing the spirit to convict you you're not paying attention yeah and the spirit will prompt you on what to do with your kids even impromptu like wow this kid i think something's on his mind i, th- I think i need to go talk to him just mm-hmm. out of the blue and then you go talk to him and oh thank you god Right. There was something really important to talk about. Yeah. And on a really practical level, um, teaching your kids the word, what we were talking about, I just want to give you an example. Proverbs 20 through 23 says, my son, give attention to my words. Have we, have we sat down with our kids yeah. and had this conversation where we say, this is what the Bible says. Let me read it to you. My son, give attention to my words, mm-hmm. incline your ear to my sayings. Are you listening to me? The Bible's saying to listen to your parent. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them. Like, are you are you having this conversation? Like, are you in the word? Are you talking to your 12-year-old and saying, are you reading the Bible? Because this is what the 
God's telling you. He's saying to read his word for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for Mm -hmm. out of it spring the issues of life. So good. So good. So let's talk about treating symptoms immediately. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that's on everyone's mind right now because of pandemic, but also um, just because we're in the fall, it's cold and flu season. Um, and when you're parents, you deal with your kids getting sick sometimes, right? So if your kid come, if, you, if you're paying attention to your kids and you notice that maybe they like are holding their head, like they have a headache, or maybe they're a little bit more cranky, or maybe they have a runny nose that's starting. These are all like first hand symptoms that can potentially turn into a more severe cold. Well, this is the exact same thing with behavior and heart. Okay. When you see your kids start getting a sniffly nose, like, okay, so when I see that I grab the sniffles roller or I grab vitamins. Well, I do both. I grab the vitamins. I get the diffusers going. I have the kids take a nap that day. We treat symptoms right on so that the cold doesn't get bigger. And this is the exact same thing we need to be doing when we see little symptoms of sin and heart issues in our kids. But a lot of times parents don't do that. They they don't want to deal with the 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 little things because then they feel like they're like nitpicking, right? And then guess what happens over time? That little bit of selfishness or those little lies, little white lies as uh, my grandparents used to call them little white lies. Well, I'm sorry. It's a lie. It's a lie. A lie is a lie, right? And so if we see this as an issue when it's little and we talk to our kids and we communicate to them about what the Bible thinks about that and how we're concerned for them and we have a conversation with them versus just ignoring it because, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't really want to deal with that. If we deal with it when it's little, then it's not going to turn into this big, huge sin issue. And it's the same, it's the same like with weeds, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you pull the weed when they're smaller, they come out so much easier they do. and they don't turn into these enormous, huge thistles that have pokes that take you a half an hour to get out and potentially so here, cause you to bleed. Here's the challenge though. It's disruptive to your agenda and disruptive to what you have going on. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you literally can't address it. Let's say you're on a phone call or you're doing something that you can't stop. Mm -hmm. You have to be good at remembering and circling back. A lot of parents don't circle back and go, hey, this was wrong. But you do want to attend to it as soon as you possibly can. And sometimes it's just a conversation Mm -hmm. because it hasn't blown into something really big. Well, isn't it But you're tending to the heart. Yeah. And it's so much better to be equipping your kids so that they don't fall into the, the pit of bondage. Like it's literally bondage. Sin is a bondage. And so if we love our kids, we're going to warn them about the temptations of sin and what the little things that we're seeing. And we go, Hey, no, it's not that it's not a super huge deal. It's just something that I've noticed. And I really don't want this to become a big issue in your life. This is a character thing, hun. Like you see how having that conversation is so much better than the bigger, more intense conversation when they've committed some more severe sin with consequences that probably are much more intense, right? Like yeah. maybe they end up losing a friendship over something that was mm-hmm. a, a character quality that should have been talked about when they were younger to not get them to that place. So, Well, hey, we hope this was helpful and edifying to you. Mm-hmm. Take it to heart. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.